welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, I'm so super excited. Oh, thanks. Wow. You don't have to stand. It's okay. <laughs> My friends are standing, hoping they're like, all right, just make sure you end on time and you do a good job. And man, Luke up here just killing it. And then Clint doing communion and everybody. I'm following all these awesome communicators. And uh, Pastor Brittany, she uh, preached this morning at the 9 a.m. and did an amazing job. Um, Brittany, I was inspired because I know it's something that uh, you don't always do, and you, you mentioned that's kind of a big fear of yours, and uh, I think you can teach all of us that even when you're afraid, even when it's something that maybe it's out of your comfort zone, you can do it, so thank you for doing that. Um, and my name is Logan. If you didn't know, um, I, I'm our 20-plus pastor, which basically means I oversee our college and young adult ministry. Um, we do ministry at the U during the school year, and then all the different campuses have different young adult life groups and things, so that's what my wife and I get to oversee, and I um, just want to honor a few people that are here right now. My wife is here, who's amazing and wouldn't be here without you. Um, and then also her parents, my in-laws are here as well, uh, which is amazing. And so thank you uh, so much. I, I talk about it all the time for raising an amazing daughter that I was able to marry and um, it, it's been a joy and a journey to do that. And uh, lastly, I obviously want to honor our, our lead pastors, who, if you didn't know, they happen to be family members of mine. Um, some people know that, some people don't, but it's all good. Um, but uh, honoring Pastor Ben and Emma, um, they're amazing. They're our campus pastors here. And if you love Ben and Emma, could you just give it up for them? Um, if you didn't know, um, so this weekend is what we call Home Team Weekend. And so we're at every different service at every campus. So I think there's 25 or 30 different communicators between all the services at all the campuses. And really, um, looking at it, this was Ben's slot to take right here, this service. And uh, he gave it to me. And so uh, I'm appreciative of you. Um, you easily could have said, hey, I'm preaching. And I would have shouted you down and loved it. And so thank you for the opportunity uh, for me to, to talk today. And so I'm going to jump right in. Um, I think we're going to have a good time. And I think uh, God's going to speak today. But um, I want us to jump into a, a verse in Galatians, and it's going to be on the screen, or you can turn there. It's Galatians 5. Uh, but this verse uh, spoke out to me, and so I'm going to start reading Galatians 5.13. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying another. The title of my message today is It's Not Working. I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive in. Jesus, we pray right now. We pray for this message. We pray that it wouldn't be about my words. It wouldn't be about just what I say or if there's a good quote or a, a, a good word, God, but it'd be about what you're speaking to each and every single one of us, God. And I just pray that we'd lean in, we'd focus on you. And I pray that God, that just maybe once, maybe just once Chick-fil-A would be open on Sunday. Um, pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I don't know that I say that out loud. I was just thinking about it. Maybe once it's open on Sunday. I don't know. I just always crave Chick-fil-A on Sundays. It's not about anything in my message. I'm just, anyways, now I've got you distracted thinking about Chick-fil-A. Have you ever been a navigator on a road trip before? Anybody? Um, Mac and I, we were in South Carolina recently, and I was driving, and she was the navigator. And um, do you ever wonder, uh, someone said, uh-oh, man, 
We have a good marriage. Thank you for the support. Um, but do you ever wonder who's really in charge? If there's like two people, let's take out backseat drivers from the equation because we all know that that mix just is awful. But let's just say there's two people in the car. There's a navigator and there's somebody driving. I always wonder who's really in charge because there's somebody navigating and they're telling you where to go. But when you're behind the wheel, you're like, I, could, I can go whatever I want. I, I'm going to turn here. I'm going to turn there. I'm going to stop. I could stop the car. I could stop the car. And it's like, she's just trying to give me directions. And she's like, relax, Logan. Like we just got out of the airport. Like it's all good. Um, but it's, you, you really don't know who's in charge. And she's navigating. And I remember we were in South Carolina and we were heading to our des- destination and She's navigating me. She's using the maps. And, you know, sometimes you have turn-by-turn directions on. But, you know, when you're in the car ride long, sometimes it's like, okay, keep going for 86 miles. You're like, okay, we get it. We're good. Uh, But other times, you know, you need turn-by-turn. But we didn't have turn-by-turn directions on. She was just having them there. And uh, I remember we're on our way to our destination and we, we missed our turn and we missed our exit. We were super stressed. We're trying to find food, all of it. Um, it, was just, it was just awful. And I was just thinking about like, all right, so you're navigating, but we have this GPS device in the car that's telling us where to go. I'm driving, also following along the signs, and I still can't figure out where we're going to go. And so we're trying to do this. We're arguing. I'm, she's thinking, okay, I'm in charge here because I have the phone. I'm thinking I'm in charge because I have the wheel. And we're going, and we end up driving. We go to this Dairy Queen, and it ended up being one of those Dairy Queens that was only open in like the summer months. And so we get there, and we're like, are you kidding me? Like, it's not even open. And it was just terrible, and you can pray for us. Um, but we ended up going and getting to our destination, and maybe this is why I thought of it, but we got to Chick-fil-A. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. We get into the drive-thru, and then you get there, and then they come up with their little iPad, and it was super busy, but they're cranking through it, and you're like, see, babe, this is what real service looks like right here. Yeah, if you could have navigated better, and she's like, yeah, right, if you would have drove better, and it's like, oh, my gosh, and then you bite into the chicken sandwich, and you get that Chick-fil-A sauce, and then you're like crying and weeping because it's just like, you know what? I'm sorry. I have sinned. I am selfish. I apologize and then your marriage is restored and it's absolutely amazing. I saw this on Instagram yesterday. It says, uh, Chick-fil-A is just Kentucky fried chicken who found Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, wow, like, okay, that was pretty cool. But uh, whenever you bind to that, that sandwich, the Chick-fil-A sauce, you repent. But, but what I realized uh, is I'm a selfish person. I don't know about you, but I'm selfish. And then once you get married, you realize how selfish you really are. And you're like, man, I am a terrible, awful, selfish person. Um, and in our culture today, it's usually about us. Um, I realized that when I first got married, it was about me. Well, what do I want to do? What do I want to eat? Where do I want to go? How do I want to spend my money? And we get into this trap where we're always thinking about ourselves. And I do it too. I do it all the time. I think about myself. I think about how do I look? How do, how do I sound? How do I feel? What job do I make? How much money do I have? Or, or maybe you're on social media and you're thinking, how many followers do I have? Or what influence? Or maybe in my community, am I known? Or in my family, do people look at me like I'm successful? Or do people look at me like I haven't made it yet? And we're always thinking about ourselves. And I'm here to tell you that it's not working. It's not. We think about what can I do for myself? But the reality and what we see Jesus do is he says, no, you got it all wrong. You got it all messed up. It's not about you. It's not about what you can do. It's not about the name that you can make for yourself. And so today we get to talk about being a servant and having a servant's heart. But I think the first part of of getting a servant's heart is to realize that it's not about us. It's to realize that, you know what? I can't compare myself to that other person because I don't know what they're walking through. I don't know their story. 
I don't know how hard that they've worked or how hard they haven't worked. I don't know what their family life was. I don't know if they grew up in a Christian home or they never knew Jesus or maybe they had a terrible day. And we get victim to thinking about me and my needs. What can I do? And it's such a difficult place to be because we start to compare, we start to compete. In that verse that we just read, it says, don't devour, don't be biting away, devouring one another, bringing each other down. The whole point that God has for us, he says, I want you to serve others so that you can make an impact. He says, what's the golden rule? What's the biggest thing? You should love one another as you want to be treated. You want to love, love each other. And it's a difficult thing to do because we're just naturally selfish. Meet a two-year-old. They're like, mine. It's like, oh, wow. We don't have any kids yet. And in-laws, it's a, they're coming eventually, but not quite yet. You know, anytime I say that and like my parents or her parents, we just got to clarify. But we're selfish people. We are. And it's hard because you don't want to be that way. And then like at the end of the day, you're like, man, like I screwed up again today and I'm selfish and I did that. And it's like, oh, like I wish I could be better. And what Jesus is saying to us is he's saying, no, you can be better, but in order to be a better you, you have to serve others. But here's the thing that we don't understand. We think if I'm going to be selfish, I'm going to receive. And, and I don't, I don't want to be selfish, but I also want to be taken care of. I don't want to be selfish, but I also, you know, I want things and I want to enjoy life and I want to have fun and I want to have money and I want to be successful. But let me tell you this, selfishness is only hurting yourself. It's hurting yourself. You're worried about, you know, all these other things and all these other people, but really selfishness is hurting you more than anybody else in your life. And, and what Jesus says um, in Matthew, um, he says this, he says, the greatest among you must be a servant. And we're all trying to be great. We all want to be successful. And God's saying, no, 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 the greatest among you is going to be a servant. And in our culture and in our world, it's upside down to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I have to be a servant. I've never been a servant in my life. How many of you know serving is difficult? It's hard. I remember the first time um, that uh, my wife said, uh, hey, I need you to run an errand for me. And some of you men know where I'm going. And she said, uh, I need you to pick up some tampons. And I was like, Lord, I have been waiting for this moment but I don't believe I'm prepared. And then you go to Walgreens and you sit in your car and you're like just praying in the spirit. You got your worship music on. You're like, God, I got this. I got this. And then you're like, I'm a man. I can do this for my girlfriend or my wife or my fiance. I can do this. And you walk in and, you, and you, you're looking for the aisle and you're like, someone's in the aisle and you're like, You're like, ah, oh, Lord. And then they leave and you're like, oh, thank God. And then you get there and you see all the options and you're like, oh, my. <laughs> you're like, I was hoping to be in this aisle for about six seconds. And now, you, now I got to get on FaceTime and say, what are we looking for here? I have no idea. And then somebody else walks down the aisle and you're like, uh, yep, I'm going to just walk away here. I'll, I'll get it in a second. Just get, we're going to go round two. And then you go round two through the aisle and you're like, all right, great. And then you grab it and then you're like, shoot, I can't get just this. You're like, I got to get something else too. And you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, then 
And I grab like some Reese's and maybe like, you know, a nice flower card or whatever. And then you get up there and then you're like, wait, that's $26? And you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Serving is hard. Maybe it's just me. But serving is hard. It's like, ah, that's really uncomfortable for me. That's not really what I was expecting to do. I mean, the Twins game is on, and they're really good, and I love watching it, and I'm comfortable right now. But serving is hard, and serving others is what's way, way more important. We're not serving ourselves. Jesus says, no, be a servant to others. Be a servant to make an impact. Be a servant to your spouse or your friend or your family. And you want to know the simplest way to serve? Encourage. Encourage somebody. It's the simplest way to serve. A lot of times we think, you know, we have serve day coming up. Well, we think we got to do it with our hands or we got to serve. Oh, I got to serve in this big way. I got to give a whole lot of money and I got to you know, give a whole lot of time. And those things are great. And God says, hey, I think you should be doing that. But a simple way to serve is to just encourage. Encourage somebody. Say, hey, you may, you may be having a bad day, but uh, I just want to let you know that, you know, you're full of joy and you're amazing. I think of Brett right here down in the front. Brett's amazing. He's, we went to high school together, and Brett's one of the most joyful people you would ever meet. If you've never met Brett, I'd encourage you to meet him. Um, he's awesome, and he's smiling right now um, because he just always has a smile on his face. But he's somebody that I always want to be around because he's like, he's encouraging to me. He came up to me this morning. You're going to crush it this morning, encouraging me. He's practicing it already. And I think about that for me. Who can I encourage? Who are people in my life that I want to encourage? How can I be better at encouraging people? Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your friends, your coworkers. We, if, you know, if you've been saved, if you have this love of Jesus and you never encourage people and you never lift them up, then maybe people wouldn't even know that you've been saved. And I know for me, I've been challenged recently. I felt God say, I, you need to encourage more people. You need to lift more people up. And I, I don't know about you, but I've never felt bad after somebody encouraged me. Like, that's kind of the point of encouragement. But if somebody came up like, hey, just so you know, your outfit's awesome, you're super good looking, incredibly talented, and I love you. You'd be like, yeah, right. You know, it's like, no, you feel great. You're like, feel awesome. And even if it's like scripted, like sometimes we'll, we'll do, like last week, if you're here um, in the message, said, turn to somebody and encourage them, say something. And, and we did it and people were encouraged. And I felt great, even though it was like, manufactured a little bit, it still felt great because it was genuine. It wasn't a lie, you know, encouraging. You don't want to lie and being like, make up some encouragement. Like, oh yeah, you have a really good fashion sense. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't do that. That would be bad. Um, but encouragement lifts people up. But let me tell you something else. When you encourage, you then become encouraged. And a lot of times we think that encouragement is for other people, but encouragement is actually more for you than it is for them. You need to get into a mindset of encouragement. You need to get into a mindset of giving. We look throughout scripture and Jesus says, when you give, you'll receive. And you're looking at it and you're going, that doesn't make sense. Give and you receive. When you honor, that's actually for you. It's not, it's not for Ben when I honor Ben. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need the praise. It's for me to get into a point to say, I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve to be on this platform. I don't deserve to have this microphone. I don't deserve to be in this room. I don't deserve to have a job here. I don't deserve any of it, but I'm so grateful that God would choose me. That's why I honor. That's why I encourage because I need to know for me, that's why I give. And that's the difference between being selfish and being someone who's serving. And 
You know, it's not working. We see people who struggle with depression and anxiety and fear, and they're focused on maybe the needs that they have. And what they forget is they forget about who Jesus is and what he's done for them and the people around them who are encouraging. And usually people, when they get focused on their anxiety or depression or fear, they end up focusing on what they're able to do. And the reality is God says, don't worry about what you're able to do. Worry about what I'm able to do. Worry about what the people around you can lift you, what you can accomplish together. And that's the difference when we change our mind to say, what can I do to what can he do? Another way to, uh, to serve is to make time. A lot of times we can want to serve and desire to serve, but the reality is we haven't made time to serve. Billy Graham says this, and I love this quote. It says, we hurt people by being too busy, too busy to notice their needs, too busy to drop that note of comfort or encouragement or assurance of love, too busy to listen when someone needs to talk, too busy to care. Today, we're just so busy. We got so much going on. And when we do have time, we want to spend it on ourselves. I don't blame you because life is busy and you're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week and you're, you're, you're going to this job and you're, you're trying to raise a family or you're trying to, to get through school. Or you're, you're trying to get to your next step in life or get a raise or whatever it is. And it's difficult to have the time to serve. But I'm here to tell you, make time. Because it's not just the people that need to be served. It's you who needs to serve. It's you who needs to change your, your reference. People who maybe you've been on a global team, you realize, I thought I was going out to be a missionary. And, and then I realized I came back fuller than I even expected to give. It's a change of, of, of mindset. Maybe this coming Saturday, maybe you had plans. I'd encourage you to say a prayer and say, God, maybe my plans could be canceled so could, I could go out to serve day. Or maybe you don't have anything going on, but you were just feeling like, ah, maybe it's not for me. I'd encourage you. Could you make it to serve day? We do it this one big time of year where we all serve all campuses. Obviously, we're serving throughout the year, but we do this one day where we say, we really want you to be a part of this. And we'd encourage you to say, I'm going to take one Saturday and I'm going to give this serving thing a try. So I'd love for you to join us. And we have, as Ben said, we have so many different projects. I'm leading a team to go uh, spend a day with some Chinese international students. Um, so if you, I'd love for you to come with me if that's something on your heart. Um, but service is so much more about what God wants to do in our hearts. So I'd encourage you to, to see the serve day banner. If you can't see it, it's bright red. Unless you're colorblind, then my dad, he's kind of colorblind. If you didn't know that, he is. Um, green and reds, he struggles. But anyways, what am I doing? Logan, come on. <laughs> but the, the last thing I say about serving is remember what you've been saved from. Remember what you've been saved from. In 1 Samuel 12, it says this. It says, above all, fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Clint mentioned it this morning in communion, but we forget. We forget what Jesus has done. And how do we forget? Like, how do we forget that Jesus, the son of God, was sent down on this earth to pay the price for all of our sins. Everything that we've done wrong, everything we're going to do wrong. He, he paid the price for our sins. And somehow we forget. And we can't remember. And we're like, oh God, I remember that time 
at camp where you healed me or that time where you called me or that time where you gave me peace or that time where you spoke to me. But then we end up forgetting because of the busyness of life, because we're selfish people and because we're focused on all the wrong things. And God's saying, don't forget. First Samuel's saying, remember all the amazing things that he's done for you. And when you start to remember what you've been saved from, you start to look at the world differently. You start to realize that I'm no better than anybody else just because I have more money. Or I'm no better than anybody else because I grew up in this place. I'm no better than anybody else because I, I can talk the way I do or I can have the skill that I have. I'm no better because look at what I've been saved from. I've been saved from an eternal eternity separated from Jesus. And Jesus said, no, I want to come so that you can be in relationship with me. And so when you remember, I've been saved from everything I can serve in maybe a small way. I could serve maybe on a weekend. I could maybe help as an usher or a parking lot or a greeter. Or maybe I could serve at serve day. I could do that. Or maybe you have a gift and you say, you know what, I'm gifted in this way or I'm gifted in production or music or I'm gifted in tech and maybe I could help the church with web stuff or whatever it is. There's all different gifts in this place, but we'd encourage you to say, don't just say, you know what, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. Jesus says, I want you to step into what, you ha what, what I have for you because there's, you're going to open yourself up. You're going to be full of joy. You're going to be filled. And it's actually going to be better for you to step in and serve. And you're going to meet people that you never would have met before. And maybe you've been in the seats year after year or month after month. And you've never met anybody, but I'd say step in and serve. Maybe come on, on Saturday or step into a life team on a weekend. And you're going to meet people that you maybe never met before, but I believe that it's going to be a valuable part of your life. And a big reason why we do this is we're focused on ourselves is because we want the credit. We want the credit. Come on, we're all there. We want the credit for what we did. God, look at what I did. Look at what I built. Look at the wealth that I have or look at the family that I have or look at, look at the people around me or look at the job title that I have or the car that I drive or the house I live in. I earned this, God. And we start to get victim to the I deserve trap. I deserve it. Because I worked hard, hard, I deserve it. And God's saying, hey, we don't deserve anything because I've given you everything. And I'm not here to say I, that you shouldn't have nice things. I'm not here to say that we need to sell everything and, and give it all. Although Jesus might call some of us to do that. I'm here to say, let's change our reference to say, what about me or I deserve it? Or it's, it's, it's about what my needs and it's about the needs of others. And that is going to then lift you up. And it's this, this weird paradox that God gives. He says, the more you give, the more you'll receive. The more you serve, the more you'll be served. The more that you bring joy to other people's lives and encourage, the more you'll then be encouraged. But the way that our world teaches it is not that way. And Jesus says, I'm teaching you something different. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, when I'm with those who are weak, I share in their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Run to win. And what was crazy to me is he said, when I'm with those who are weak, I share in their weakness. And when I read that the first time, I'm like, what does that mean? Like when I'm with those who are weak, I share in their weakness. And when you think about it, you're thinking, okay, does he become weaker or 
does he, like, what, what is it? And as I read it and I thought about it more and I was kind of praying for God to reveal that to me, what I realized is that's just really the definition of humility. You share in their weakness, not to say, oh, I'm going to become weaker because you're in a weak point in your life. But you say, I'm going to share in this, say, hey, I've been there. I've had tough moments. I've had tough weeks. I've had tough months. I've gone through that loss before. I've gone through that breakup before. I've been there before and maybe I'm not in the same spot as you, but I'm going to share in your weakness. I'm going to share in your grief. I love uh, the phrase, uh, a good friend. I think my dad says this. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. I'll give him credit anyways, but I think he does. But he says, a good friend will double your joy and cut your sorrows in half. That's what it means by sharing in their weakness. It's saying, hey, your sorrows, I'm trying to cut your sorrows in half. You may, get, you may be going through something tough. You may be going through the worst week of your life, the worst year of your life, the worst stretch of your life, but I'm gonna share in your weakness. And in sharing in people's weakness, I have something for you. You're gonna be, under, you're gonna be misunderstood. You're gonna be misunderstood. Because the people in the church are going to see you sharing in people's weakness and say, those aren't the people you should be spending time with. I thought you were over that life. I thought those weren't your friends anymore. I thought we were them. And I hope that's not who we are as a church. But the reality is you start to spend time with people who maybe are a little bit rough around the edges. Or maybe they have some past issues. Or maybe they have some present issues that they're dealing with. And Paul's saying, it's okay to be misunderstood because you're sharing in their weakness. You're in their life. You're in for the journey. You're in for the long haul. And he says, we do this so that some might be saved. We don't share in people's weakness just because, oh yeah, that's what we do. No, we share so that they then see what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus can do for them. And in that same way, you're then going to be misunderstood by those friends. Is they're going to say, why are you giving so much time to church? Why are you there multiple services? Why are you going to a serve day on Saturday? It could be nice out. We'll go on the boat, go to the game. You're living in this place where you're, you feel judged by both sides. And God's saying, don't worry about what side you're being judged by. Worry about what I think of you. Worry about the service you're bringing to me, about the joy I'm giving you, about all these different things. Let's not forget what Jesus has done for us. And when we start to focus on what Jesus has done, when we start to take the focus of ourselves, we start to live differently. We start to live a life of service. We start to have that servant's heart that we're talking about. And the life that we were living that wasn't working starts to work. And I'm not here to say that all your trials are gonna go away. I'm not here to say that everything in your job or everything in your family is gonna become perfect. But what's gonna happen is the way that you see your life is gonna change. The way that you see others is gonna change. You're not gonna see them as a burden or a project or someone that's, that's just trying to ride your coattails. You're gonna see somebody else as someone who's going through their weakness and you're gonna share in, them, share in their weakness with them. You're gonna see somebody as a person who is just like you, who before Christ, they didn't have anything and now you've accepted it and you're living this. But if we're a church and if we're a people that's just focused on ourselves to say, what can I get? Or I didn't like that song or I wasn't a fan of that message or I wasn't really a, a fan of that color scheme or that graphic because it's all about what I think. But the reality is Jesus says, I don't care about any of that. I care about the people who are outside these walls who've never been here before. I care about the people who are hurting and are broken and who are living in that fear and who are focused on themselves because all they're thinking is I'm drowning in this mess. 
They don't know the answer. They don't know the, the person to turn to. And they're walking through their workplace and their family in fear and in lack of hope and anxiety and depression. And they're living in this and they're turning in circles around and around and around. And Jesus is saying, that's why I sent you to serve, to share, to be there in their moments when they need it. It's not about us. It's never been about us. Jesus says, go into all the world. He says, go so that some might know what I have done for them. So that we would remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid. We did it in communion today. We remember to say, Jesus, the body you broke, the blood that you shed, that's why I serve. So that people can know who you are. And maybe you're in this place and maybe you feel like you're in that spot. Maybe you feel like, yeah, that's, that sounds pretty familiar. Going through a tough time. Maybe you've never experienced that peace and that hope in Jesus. Maybe you've never experienced that love that I'm talking about. Maybe you've never lived a way where you've looked at others as people who can serve. You've just looked at others on how they can serve you. In a moment, I'm going to give an opportunity for anyone in this room to say yes to Jesus, to say, yes, I want to live that life. I want to serve God in that way. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask that we just bow our heads and close our eyes. And I'm going to simply just give an opportunity for anyone in this room to lift a hand. And in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I'm going to just simply ask that you just lift up a hand and say, yes, that's me. I want to I wanna say yes to Jesus. I want to live this life of service for others. I want to follow Jesus in a way that I've not followed before. And maybe you, you grew up in church and maybe you, you've done it before, but you've walked away. Or maybe this is new and maybe you haven't been to church in tons of years. Or you've walked away from God and you've been living for yourself. This is your moment. God knew you'd be here. He knew that you'd come home to him. So when I say three, if you just simply lift up a hand saying yes to Jesus. One, Jesus is on the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Two, he says when you make this decision, you're a brand new creation. He says that the old you has gone, the selfish you is gone, and the new has come. If that's you in this place, I just simply ask that you lift up a hand. Three, all across this place saying yes to Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. So many hands going up in this place. Yes, another hand. Glad we waited. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask that we just say this prayer after me if you lifted up a hand. But I'm going to ask the whole church would join in because we don't want anyone praying alone. And it's a good reminder for us to pray. But I'm going to ask you just simply repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong. I know I'm selfish but I want to serve. And I thank you for the opportunity to do that. Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my Savior. And I pledge to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, can you stand with me and celebrate those hands that were going up all across this place? Amazing. Amazing. Well, it's been a privilege for me to, to share this morning. And again, it's an honor to do that. And if you made that decision, um, we have a book for you. It's, it says, now what? Now what do I do? And um, 
now that I accepted Christ and I want to live in this way, what are my next steps? And so there's a book there that kind of explains that as well as a Bible as well. Or you can text now what to 41411 um, as well if you want that digitally. Um, but it's been a pleasure to, to be with you. And uh, we have prayer teams that come every single service that would love to pray for any need. Maybe at the end you were thinking, man, I have something that's a burden on my heart. Or maybe there's a family member who is in need and is sick or you need a job or whatever it is, they pray for any need. And so they'd love to pray with you down here. And the last thing I'll just say is, is if you take that bold step to sign up for Serve Day, we would love to have you serve with us all the different projects all throughout the day. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. Um, but if you don't do any of that, it's all good. We understand, but we just ask you keep coming back. We hope you have an amazing week serving the Lord. We'll see you back next week.